If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool center. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Yes, a very good evening, everyone. It's a Wednesday night, and welcome to Drive with uh, Peter Vlahos. And we're here for Toolmart, the complete tool centre, where you can buy the right tool from the start. Plenty coming up between now and six o'clock. Of course, you can always join us on the Temper of Bedshed text line. That number is 0487 736 736 or the Scarborough Toyota open line 131255. Ben Dalgleish and the team there at Scarborough Toyota, they buy all makes and models and they service all makes and models as well. Well, we had the AFL Hall of Fame last night. Bill Dempsey was just outstanding and was featured on Scotty and Goss this morning. And I'll endeavour to speak to a man that started his distinguished WAFL career at the same time. He's the game's record holder for the West Perth Football Club. And the grandstand up there at Arena Joondalup is named uh, jointly with Bill Dempsey, of course, the Winnin Dempsey stand. I'll speak to Mel Winnin uh, a bit later on in the program, hoping to track uh, Mel down, who was an outstanding footballer. And uh, he'll tell us some of the stories behind the scenes regarding the great Billy Dempsey, who certainly told a few stories last night and had the people that were watching it on Fox and also the people there at the special celebration at Crown in the palm of their hands. Now, you may have heard it, you may not have heard it, but this is worth a replay. Billy Dempsey talking to SEN's Jared Waitley, who hosted the AFL Hall of Fame last night. When I was awarded the Simpson Medal, the next day I gave it to my mother and uh, I said, this is for you, for all you've done for me. And I forgot about it. So years later, I was at home and um, I said to my mother, I said, uh, I've never seen that Simpson medal since I gave it to you. And um, she said, uh, she got up and walked away. And I thought, that's funny, because my brother John is here tonight. And I said, did I say something wrong? And um, he said, no. Mum doesn't talk about that because Cyclone Tracy not only blew all her chooks away, but blew the Simpson medal away. <laughs> so, so uh, and I thought, oh, well. So I had to try and make amends and I went back and seen the Simpson family and, you know, and they said they'd give me a replica and all that. And sort of leading up to that, you know, um, when... A mum come back from 69 Grand Final and she's talking to all of her uh, old people that get together and play cards and have coffee and all that. And she's telling all her friends, oh, yes, you know, I went to, uh, West, uh, went to Perth and had a great time, met a lovely lot of people. 
And uh, Billy's team won the grand final, and he won the Simpson Desert Medal. <laughs> and I said, I said, oh, hang on a minute, Mum. I said, you know, it's got nothing to do with the Simpson Medal. And, and he said, I'm telling the story, not you. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> I said, oh, well, I shut me mouth. You know. And guess where they found it? In the Simpson Desert. It's, it's, it's a spooky story. You couldn't make the story up. No. But I got a phone call <clears throat> from um, a television station in uh, Adelaide, and they said, we have two people here who's been prospecting, and they found this funny-looking thing, and we took it home and knocked it about. And it's your Simpson medal. I said, you've got to be smoking opium. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, when I took it back and gave it to my mum, <clears throat> and she said, because uh, she only knew things about the Northern Territory. So she said, all right, son. Thank you for, you know, bringing it back. She said, uh, and uh, where did they find it? And I said, in Andamooka. Well, where's Andamooka? I said, in South Australia. Yeah, but, you know, what, it, what is Andamooka? I said, it's in the Simpson Desert. I said, you silly boy, I told you it was a Simpson Desert medal. <laughs> uh, just brilliant. He was uh, outstanding last night, the great uh, Billy Debsey. He really was. Uh, and together with Matthew Pavlich, uh, Terry Cashian, of course, Mike Fitzpatrick, uh, the former... Uh, head of the AFL, and as we know, played with distinction at Carlton and Subiaco, Ted Tyson, Brent Harvey, Boomer Harvey, Michael Taylor, and our very own Nicky Wimmer were all inducted with Russell Ebert elevated to legend status, the late Russell Ebert. Matthew Pavlich made a couple of interesting uh, comments. Firstly, about the travel. When you're involved with the Fremantle Football Club and the West Coast Clubs, the amount of air travel that you have to undertake during your career uh, when you're playing certainly in games on the East Coast. And he mentioned in a uh, question that was posed to him about the travel factor, David Mundy, have a listen. Yeah, look, it's it's a brutal toll on the body and that's why the guys like David Mundy and, and so who keep doing it is, is quite remarkable. But uh, look, it takes a fair bit of luck uh, injury-wise. It takes lots of discipline, lots of dedication and lots of help. Um, you know, I've got so much, I'm indebted to, to so many people that have helped me along the way, both family and friends who are in the room tonight, but staff and support people um, at our football club, just incredible lengths they went to to help me get out there every week and do the thing that I love doing. Congratulations to Matthew Pavlich, as I mentioned, also congratulations to Nikki Winmar, of course, came from Pingerley, South Fremantle. And I'm just looking at his uh, bronze statue here from our studios at SENWA, of course. Uh, Nicky Winmar, that statue there where he points to the colour of his skin. But uh, last night inducted into the AFL Hall of Fame, as we know, played with St Kilda. And uh, just have a listen to what he had to say if he didn't catch it last night about how he actually got to Melbourne and, in the end, to the Saints at Moorabbin. I flew over to Melbourne under the name of John King as well, so father and son rule. <laughs> and he never played for him, though. Um, Mum and Dad didn't even know you'd come across, did they? 
I, I did, um, did give mum a call and she said, yep. She said, well, how are you, son? I said, oh, I'll be home soon. And she said, are you coming home soon for dinner? I said, yeah, I'll be home soon. <laughs> um, poor mum. She said, all right, no worries. But then I said to Dad, I'm in, uh, I'm, in, I'm in Melbourne training for St Kilda Footy Club, 1986. It was after my 21st birthday too, so um, everything happened so quickly. And uh, Dad said, yeah, all right, we'll see when you get home. Uh, <laughs> few days later. I went down to South Rio to watch me train. I wasn't there. And, uh, <laughs> I think um, then they were told that I did go to St Kilda. Um, Mum cried from Perth all the way back to Pingsley's 150 k's and Dad sat there with a King Brown beer in a Kingswood so he was alright. <laughs> Had the biggest smile on his face. <laughs> I got in there. I knew I would. There you go, uh, Nicky Winmar. So it was a beautiful West Australian flavour to the Australian Football Hall of Fame last night. It was just terrific. So congratulations to all in sundry and a special congratulations to our very own born and bred in some ways, Billy Dempsey, Nicky Winmar. And, of course, he's now an out-and-out uh, West Australian, even though he originated from South Australia. Well done to Matthew Pavlich. And also congratulations to uh, the late uh, Russell Ebert and his family on... Uh, certainly being elevated to legend status. We'll take a break, come back with more in a moment. Mel Winnan is giving me a call, so hopefully we'll have him on the other side of the break. It's nine past five here on Drive with Peter Vlahos. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA-owned and operated for over 40 years. Yeah, it's great to have your company if you are going to... Get in contact with us, as Alex has, and it's very interesting, but a question that I've been asked a million times, I'll come back in a moment. The Temper of Bedshed text line is 0487 736 736. 0487 736 736. He says, hey, Pete, are you related to the Perth Wildcats legend Andrew Vlahov? And I reckon I have answered this question a million times. More questions than anything else that I've been asked in my life. Andrew Vlahov coming into my life as an elite sportsman, of course, in basketball. And I've had to also distinguish that Vlahov is V-L-A-H-O-V. That's Andrew. Mine is spelt V-L-A-H-O-S. And every time I see Andrew Vlahov, we have a bit of banter regarding the surname. And... He even says, not that I'm in his elite uh, sort of group of professionals and uh, his profile, but uh, he does get asked every now and then, are you related to that bloke that broadcasts on the radio? So it is uh, pretty much commonplace. Now, the Socceroos have just landed. We're going to get to Mel Winnan in about uh, five, ten minutes' time, but the Socceroos have just landed some have made their way back home because it's now the off-season in Europe where a lot of them do play. And Matt Ryan has conducted a, a bit of a press conference. As we know, that was the biggest moment in Australia qualifying for the World Cup against Peru. That brave and totally unexpected substitution when Matt Ryan was taken out of the goals with only a couple of minutes remaining, the captain of the Socceroos, the most experienced goalkeeper, and replaced by Andrew Redmayne. And everybody was talking about it. We know what uh, happened after that. But it was interesting. 
the journalists got to Matty Ryan at Sydney Airport, and this is what he had to say. Yeah, to be honest, it was it was great um, being in camp there with the boys. It always is, obviously working towards our objectives and our goals. And um, yeah, when it finishes like that, um, yeah, not only this camp but obviously all that we've had to endure along the way in the in the campaign, it's uh, it's definitely worth it, you know. Yeah, no, I, I had no idea. Um, I was preparing myself as if I was going to go into the penalties. I felt ready. Um, obviously, being self-confident and, and you know, an optimist, I'd, I'd like to think I could have got the job done as well. But I understand the psychological uh, effect it would have had on the Peruvians as well, seeing you know the, the manager make such a decision. And I'm, I'm sure that they were then thinking, oh, he must be a specialist, you know, and that would have had a you know a, an extra effect on them. And you know, full credit to Redders when he went out there. He um, he produced when obviously we needed him to, and yeah, we're uh, we're in a World Cup uh, thanks to his efforts and obviously the rest of the teams as well. Well, yeah, I mean, it came as a surprise because yeah, like I said, no one had sort of told me that was a plan or anything like that. So um, I think the substitution came up and. I think I went over to talk to someone else and then it wasn't until Arnie or someone from the bench was yelling out to me and I looked over and I sort of had to, you know, double take a little bit and I was like, are we sure we're doing it now? And he was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, he's the boss, you know, he makes the decisions, uh, I respect his decisions, he's obviously trying to do what's best for the team and um, yeah, I just obviously went, you know, doing what I was told and yeah, thankfully Redders came through for us and, you know, the boys just stepped up to take their penalties as well and um, yeah, we've got a World Cup uh, berth to, to show for it again. The three of you, the goalkeepers, have come through Mariners, come through uh, studying on John Paul, he was there on the sideline as well. What do you say about his influence that he's had on you guys and also on this campaign? Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, one of the, the best in the business. Um, you know, obviously paying respects to everyone who's a goalkeeper coach within Australia as well. But, um, you know, John, for the likes of ourselves, has done, you know, wonders for our careers. Um, he's mentored us. Uh, he's been, you know, someone that's obviously educated us on, on the position. And, you know, he's, he's shaped and developed our styles of, of goalkeeping. And, you know, we've got a lot to, to thank him for. And, you know, we shared a, a nice special moment there on the pitch, all four of us together. And, um, you know, he's, he's got a, a motto of his business, which was the EGK goalkeepers, and I think we're just repeating that a few times out on the pitch. You know, where we all came from on that journey to, you know, to be out there and savouring that moment, having qualified. Um, yeah, it was pretty special. But well, EGK is uh, elite goalkeeping, which was his business, so uh, the abbreviation of his business. And you know, we've gone through our whole careers, obviously, saying EGK representative or you know, repping EGK. So uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a nice moment. Yeah, um, I just turned to wanting to qualify, you know, and just trying to give Redders anything you needed, the support or whatever, encouragement and all that type of stuff. And then the rest of the boys as well, you know, we're going to, you know, be stepping up to take the pens as well, just telling them to try to relax and, you know, we're practicing, we're prepared for this moment. And, um, yeah, the boys delivered, thankfully. And, yeah, every time we pull on that jersey, it's an opportunity to do something special, something monumental. And, you know, when you do that, Especially with that jersey on, 
you know, it's an opportunity to do something in your lives that you're never going to forget. And I think we've proven all that, you know, for ourselves in, you know, this um, this week that's gone by, this couple of weeks that's gone by. And I think we've proven it to the nation as well because, yeah, a lot of people probably wrote us off and didn't, you know, didn't give us a chance to, to go through. And, you know, hopefully all the... You know the younger generation out there. Um, you can we can inspire them and influence them. You know to go and chase their dreams, and hopefully they can recognise that you know dreams do come true, and they go out and you know, hopefully live their best lives possible. There you go. Uh, that was Matt Ryan. As I said just a few moments ago, they lobbed at Sydney Airport. Some of the players that uh, reside in Sydney and call Sydney their home. Uh, apologies, you couldn't really uh, hear the questions, but you've got to feel uh, from that press conference exactly what Matt Ryan was talking about. I thought it was important to uh, get his, certainly, take on what transpired uh, in the early hours of yesterday morning. Of course, Australian time with Australia qualifying for the World Cup with that one, well, that penalty win over the uh, Peruvians, who are still probably distraught. In fact, it was interesting that the... Uh, the head of the Peruvian government, whether it's a president or the prime minister, actually gave the whole day off yesterday to the whole country of 30-odd million so they could watch that game. That's how significant uh, that was for that country there in South America. And as I said, uh, they'll be wearing black armbands, armbands today because uh, it was a huge blow to their aspirations of going to another World Cup. OK, let's come back local now. And as I said, I featured Bill Dempsey at the uh, top of the program, I'm about to introduce a man that was, in some ways, they were the dynamic duo of the West Perth Football Club when they came together in 1960. And here's another little snippet of Bill from the Australian Football Hall of Fame last night about always wanting to be a footballer. Uh, to think I'm sitting here tonight, you know, who would have thought it? Not me. You know, I was just an ordinary guy who, uh, you know, just wanted to be a person who, uh, you know, be a good person and play play footy and, and, you know, just be me. You know, it's very embarrassing for me because I hate being in the public eye and, um, you know, I just like to mind my own business. <laughs> in about 10 minutes' time, we'll let you mind your own business. Uh, there you go. Billy Dempsey last night and really his partner in crime. They form one of the greatest combinations, I think, in Australian football. Not just WA football, but Australian football. When you talk about Bill Dempsey and Mel Winnan. I know Mel's been busy and I know he's uh, had a few things on this afternoon, but he's had the time to spend a few moments with us. Mel, thanks for your time. Good, Peter. Pleased to, pleased to be talking with you. You are a WA Football Hall of Famer. What about Billy? Um, did he? Did he? Did you agree with what he had to say? Did he try and shun the limelight a bit? He was happy just to be in maybe the company of his teammates rather than going beyond that? Yes, Peter. I think he's always been like that. He loves to get, loves to be out on the field chasing that bit of leather around. But when it comes to standing on a microphone, I, I don't think he's as comfortable as he'd like to be. Uh, but he's had a bit of practice over time because of the great things he's achieved. When you first came together in 1960, you rocked down to Leaderville Oval, which was West Perth's home ground, uh, of course, in those years. Uh, tell us what he was like. Yeah, um, Peter, he was um, a, a quiet young fella. Um, I guess it was a big change for Bill to come down from the Northern Territory uh, to Perth. Um, he had no mates down here, no family with him. 
the club was very good to him to find some accommodation and find employment for him. But he really came down to a, you know one of one of the big cities, I guess, of Australia, and and um, having lived all his life in in Darwin, and I would imagine that he probably found it, found it pretty daunting. But he he settled in very easily. He's a very uh, uh, laid back sort of guy. He makes friends easy. Uh, he he loves people. He loves people. Loves having a talk. Uh, over a, a glass of something, and um, he likes to tell stories. He's uh, he's got a very good memory of uh, of all the things that have happened in footy over the years, much much better than I have ever had. And uh, so he's a good storyteller, Pete. And um, I'm sure it would have taken him, you know, a couple of years really to settle in properly. But he was playing good footy right from the very start. Uh, he, uh, I think he played half a dozen games in, in 1960. And as you remember, um, the 1960 West Perth side was not a bad side that went on to win the Premiership. So for him to play a half a dozen games over that uh, 1960 season was very good. So, yeah, Bill, marvellous guy, Peter. Um, you know, always been a good friend. You know, we've now known one another for 60 years and uh yeah bond's a fellow love to have a talk with him and um yeah we've we've shared so much in common uh over those 60 years so uh i'm pleased to see him get the accolades that that he's got uh this year when he's been uh he's been honored in a number of different ways peter and it's good to see you form a, an amazing combination, an amazing partnership. You know, when you talk about the fact that you're still friends and you're still keeping contact, it's been a 60-year relationship that you've had with Bill Dempsey. Of course, your name, your surname's now adorned the grandstand there at West Perth's new home ground, which is Arena Joondalup. Um He's probably an easy guy to get on with, isn't he, Mel? That's why he used to have people that used to gravitate to him. There was no fuss. There was nothing that wasn't too much of a problem for Bill. He just wanted to sit around and, I suppose, have a chat. And you were one of the ears that he leaned on. Yeah, he's, he's as I said, Peter, he's a very easygoing fellow, very laid back. Uh, loves to make friends, loves to meet new people and talk with them. Uh, understand their lives and loves to tell about his life and uh, you know his 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 life you know I'd recommend anybody uh, get hold of his book and have a read of it because it's quite unique um, and you know the fact that he he came down to Perth sixty odd years ago to play footy his love um, he uh, and the fact that he has stayed here it's very hard for um, young footballers to come down from the tropical areas to, you know, the the cold and wet winters that we have down in the south of Australia, and you know, a lot of them used to come down for two or three years and and then head back to to their hometowns. Um, but Bill, I guess he he loved the the limelight of of footy. Um, he he loves he loved the competition and. Um, I think eventually after he got to know more about the club, he loved the footy club. So he didn't want to let the footy club down either. So, um, yeah, eventually he 
decided to stay in Perth. He used to get back in the early days, back to Darwin at the end of each season. But eventually he he stayed in Perth and uh, I don't think he's looked back since then. He, he, I think he loves the place now, but he still enjoys getting back home to, to Darwin at different times of his life. Mm. But um, yeah, he settled, settled in Perth very well and he's a well-liked bloke. He's a sort of bloke him that you can't upset the <laughs> very easy going um i think a lot of blokes uh, tried to uh, upset him a little on the footy field but whenever they tried to do that all they would see uh, was bill's big pearly white teeth and a big smile and that would put them off trying to do anything else to upset him because he just wasn't able to be upset he played the game hard but he played it fairly all along and um you know, he's just been a, mar- a, a marvellous icon of West Australian footy and Australian footy in general, Nick Peter. Yeah. yeah, talking to Mel Winnan here, of course, uh, partner in crime when it came to the West Perth days from 1960, right through almost two decades, those two uh, were, that is Dempsey and Winnan, uh, just uh, one of the great partnerships and uh, won many a game for the Cardinals slash Falcons. What was it like... Uh, just a couple of final questions because I know you've had a big day. Just a couple of final questions. One I'd like to pose when Polly Farmer came to West Perth, another Indigenous legend, of course, the greatest of all time, and he coached West Perth in 69 Premiership and also a 71 Premiership. That must have been a special connection for Billy Dempsey to come and play under the great Polly Farmer. Yeah, uh, Polly uh, Peter was Bill's idol, Um and uh, to have him as our coach, even though Polly brought in many changes when he came across, uh, uh, after you know the first few sessions of training with him, we realised it wasn't going to be like it had always been. But um, yeah, to have Polly uh, as our coach uh, was a real inspiration. Polly was not only a good coach, Peter, but he. He was a good judge of people, um, something that you know, perhaps not a lot of people understand. He he could get the best out of out of people, all of us, um, including Bill. And uh, um, you know, I think I think Bill, well, uh, Bill won the uh, Simpson Medal or the Simpson Desert Medal in nineteen <laughs> yeah. in nineteen sixty nine when his mum came down and. Uh, so I think uh, Polly coming along to the club brought the best out in Bill because of their relationship as an Indigenous boys and, and uh, the fact that uh, Bill had uh, the utmost respect for Polly and what he'd achieved by that stage when he was on the uh, sort of heading, heading towards the end of his career. Yeah, no, amazing. Uh, Billy Dempsey, uh, he's just a little bit older than you. I believe he turned 80 in March, and you're just a few months younger, <laughs> aren't you, Mel? Oh, I'm a lot younger. <laughs> <laughs> he, he had his birthday, I think, uh, sort of April or... Yeah, March it was, the 17th, the 17th of March. October. Well, there you go, you're about six March, months, yeah, six months apart, March, there you yeah. go. <laughs> Much younger. You're a legend, Mel. <laughs> Mel, thanks for joining us. It really is special to have a chat to you. As I said, you formed one of the greatest partnerships this game has ever witnessed uh, yourself. The fact that you started at the same time and basically uh, 
the same age and you uh, brought the curtain down in your career at the same time as well. It's quite a unique uh, partnership. And no doubt you'll catch up with him uh, in the next few days or wherever the old garlic munchers get together to congratulate him on his latest award and tell him how he performed as well. Uh, will do, Peter. Yeah, it's just it was really a pleasure, Peter, to play with Bill over the 17 seasons that we did together and 340 games or what it was at it, uh, it didn't seem like a lot while you were playing, but when once it's all over and you stand back and look at it, uh, it's something to be very proud of. And I'm very proud to have had a good friend like Bill in the whole time that I was playing footy as well. So uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been good fun, uh, Peter. Yeah. Uh... Mel Winnan, uh, congratulations on your career. Of course, MBE as well. Uh, 371 games for West Perth. Quite incredible from 1960 to 1977. Thanks for joining us, Mel. I'll let you relax now after what's been a busy day for you. Thanks very much indeed, Peter. Thank Good you. on you. Mel Winnan uh, joining us, uh, part of that uh, unbelievable combination, as I've mentioned a few times, uh, Winnan-Dempsey. All right, uh, Alex says we should have had a day off today because of the Socceroos. Let's get days off when they play at the World Cup in November. They've, of course, I've got the three group games uh, within about a week or eight days uh, in the middle of November. I'm not sure that's going to happen. But uh, anyway, uh, let me tell you, a lot of the uh, South American countries will probably pause uh, during the World Cup. Brazil, Argentina, Uruguay, they're all through. It, they are fanatics, and I reckon they'll probably cause uh, a, a public holiday for about a month over there. Commiserations to the all-whites. Of course, New Zealand being beaten by Costa Rica in somewhat controversial circumstances last night as well by one goal to nil. It would have been great to have New Zealand, our uh, neighbours, also at the World Cup uh, sharing the excitement together. But that wasn't... Uh, to be. All right, we're going to take a break. Jamie Harnwell, the CEO of Football West, is going to join us next uh, to talk about the impact of what transpired uh, yesterday morning will have on the world game here in Western Australia. The former glory captain now in charge of Football West as the CEO. He joins us next. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Let's uh, talk more about uh, what transpired yesterday morning in the early hours of yesterday morning with Australia, of course, qualifying for their fifth consecutive World Cup, their sixth overall with that uh, penalty uh, shootout win over Peru. Uh, We just heard from Matt Ryan with some of the Socceroos arriving back in Australia and what he had to say about uh, the whole affair. But certainly a lot of people have been talking about it. Uh, in the last day or so, and joining us now is the former Perth Glory captain and a man that is very well known when it comes to the world game, Jamie Harnwell, who only recently took over the role as the CEO of the governing body of soccer here in Western Australia, being Football West. Jamie, thanks for your time. My pleasure, Peter. What a uh, a great uh, performance by the Socceroos and what a great Philip for the game going forward after what uh, everybody saw yesterday morning? Wasn't it just that uh, probably the best performance of the Socceroos for for some time? They've been um, criticised, and rightfully so at, at times as well, for how they've gone about uh, some of their games. They've had a, a heck of a tough run um, with so many games away, being played um, overseas behind closed doors and all those COVID restrictions that made things difficult to to be able to bring that to a head with a uh, performance like that in a one-off game. 
and just in the obviously in the manner that it was done, uh, penalties aren't the most fun uh, when you're involved in them, and I've certainly experienced <laughs> that. But uh, to you know, this for sheer showmanship and excitement, um, I think that uh, that was certainly right up there with some of the best I've ever seen. And now everybody jumps on the bandwagon. I must admit, you know, the media have been a bit uh, devoid of actually giving the publicity it should have had uh, leading in to these World Cup qualifiers against the UAE and also Peru. And all of a sudden, bang, uh, they get through and uh, it's everywhere. So saying that... What would be the impact on grassroots uh, football, that is soccer, as a lot of people term it, and just generally the code uh, here in Western Australia, you, of course, now being the CEO. Do you see, because uh, we are in season now, a lot of the young kids uh, are playing at the moment. Uh, what will be the impact going forward, do you think? Well, I think in every World Cup cycle, and, and now we're starting to see it in the Women's World Cup cycle as well, there's the, the spike in participation. I think what it's certainly done is, uh, has raised awareness again of the Socceroos as a brand, um, how important that is and how they are still competing on the world stage despite the the criticisms and everything uh, they've got, you know, that, that uh, the media have been talking about. This is the, the fifth World Cup in a row that uh, Australia has made. That is, uh, that is no mean feat. We, you know, there's no divine right to be at a World Cup. Um, so to continue to do that is, is justification of the work that... Uh, is going on at the clubs, um, at the associations to, to continue to produce these players. But for the game as a whole, it, it's, uh, it provides a great spectacle, spectacle in November and December. It provides role models um, and, you know, a great story for someone like Andrew Redmayne as well, who was looking at giving the game away at 26 years of age and going to be a barista and a teacher, I think, was what I read somewhere. So those sort of things just, just keep the, the public interest in the game um, and gives us a great few months leading up into the World Cup as well. What are the numbers like, uh, Jamie? Every sport sort of uh, bangs their chest uh, and says uh, everything's on the up, but a lot more people are taking part, a lot more young people are taking up the sport. But what are the serious numbers when it comes to soccer as we know it, which has always been when it comes to junior participation and even women uh, taking part, uh, one of the leaders when it comes to the sports? Yeah, look, um, with the odds play stats, uh, I think there's estimated around 220,000 participants uh, of football here in Western Australia um, across all different elements of the game, and that takes into account the five-a-sides and the, the social games and not just your traditional 11-a-side type games. Um, female football is certainly on the rise and has grown about 15% from last year, but I think what we've seen from 2020 in particular is a real bounce-back to um, not just boys and girls playing the game, but also uh, adult players, um, social players coming back, um, perhaps reassessing their priorities and their, their work-life balance and coming back and playing the game as well. So the, we're in a, a really great position. Um, we're hopefully going to be breaking our, our registration numbers again this year like we did last year uh, and just continue to, to look forward with not only the Men's World Cup in uh, this year, but the Women's World Cup here in Perth the following year as well. So it's a, it's a pretty good time, a pretty exciting time to be involved in the sport. What about the news in the last 24 hours that Sam Kerr will be given the keys to the city and there'll be a special presentation because she's in home, at home, just resting up uh, during the off-season, of course, in England. Uh, again, that'll thrust her profile and show young people what can be achieved from this sport because she started from humble beginnings here, just playing, as we know, uh, suburban uh, football and then, of course, got involved with the glory and look where she's ended up. Yeah, I mean, Sammy's just a, a wonderful story um, right the way through. Such a, 
uh, a lovely person. I was, you know, lucky enough to work with her for a short stint of time as well. And, um, you know, across all the Matildas, they are, they are great role models. Um, Sam in particular, having the one of the greatest players in the world from Perth is just such a um, an unusual thing. It's it's a, a massive achievement for, for Sam. Um, the, the keys to the city, I don't know, they're perhaps overdue, I'm not sure. Uh, she <laughs> continues to continues to grow and grow um, and we'll have to get us some keys to our new state football centre as well and uh, make sure she can get into that anytime she wants to to continue her training. They reckon that the Socceroos penalty shootout victory over Peru uh, to qualify for the World Cup is set to deliver about a $17 million payday for Football Australia. And I I gather from your point of view, let's hope it's uh, spent wisely. And if you were telling them where to spend it, where does it need to be spent? Maybe money like that. Look, there's a couple of different areas. Um, supporting our clubs is crucial. Uh, they are where our future Socceroos and Matildas come from. Um, they're where our community is. Uh, and that's a, a real focus for ourselves as Football West. I know it is. Football Australia um, facilities is another key area. We've just completed a state facility audit and there's still a number of our, our grounds and our change rooms that aren't female-friendly, that aren't inclusive. Um, and as female football continues to grow, that's a real key area as well but uh, look, we're, we're working very closely with Football Australia um, and their CEO James Johnson um, he's been quite open and vocal about uh, football and the game being at the forefront of the organisation's decision making um, and we're probably working closer than ever now in uh, some of those strategies moving forward so again good times to be involved a great fillip for, for Football Australia um, it's not something you can rely on every four years that payment but uh, it will certainly boost the game again and the amount that we're able to deliver. Yeah, uh, massive, uh, certainly initial payment of $17 million. It could grow depending on how the soccer is go. As we let you go, Jamie, um, you're a deep down a soccer player. You played with distinction. You wore the captain's armband. You played for the glory. You played, of course, uh, local football with the likes of Sorrento. Deep down inside, do you think they'd get there? <laughs> Did you honestly so, think they'd get there the way they were going? Oh, look, um, honest truth, no. I, I suppose going into two one-off games off the back of and I was in, lucky enough to be in Sydney to watch their last performance against Japan um, at home, no. No, the, the, the way they played that night, you certainly wouldn't have thought. There was a lot of talk across the, the Aussie grit, the character that the Socceroos have shown over a number of years. And look, they, they delivered that in spades. Um, as I said, one of the best performances in recent history. They kept a very, very good side to very few chances. Um, and good old Graham Arnold, he's, uh, he's proved everyone wrong. He was yeah. either going to be a hero or a villain with that decision at the end. And, uh, Jesus, it's gone absolutely viral, all of that stuff. So it's, it's fantastic to see. And, and please for Arnie. He's somebody who wears his heart on his sleeve and, and uh, really cares about the Socceroos and his country. And I'm, I'm glad to see him do well. Good on you, Jamie. Thanks for joining us, mate. And uh, we'll keep in touch as we build up towards the World Cup. It'll be here before you know it, of course, gets underway in mid-November. Thanks for your time on the program. My pleasure. Cheers, Peter. Okay. Uh, Jamie Harmel, the CEO of Football West, telling us about the dynamics and how it could impact on uh, the growth and the continued growth of the sport here in Perth, Western Australia, and throughout Australia for that matter. And let me tell you, uh, the keys of the city to Sam Kerr, and that'll be a big uh, celebration, I think, in early July, will also thrust her in front of a lot of people as well and saying, uh, 
young people saying, oh, well, I'd, like to, I'd like to be like her one day. Uh, we'll have to wait and see whether that transpires for a lot of uh, future young people playing the sport here out of Western Australia. It's coming up uh, 13 to 6. This is Drive with Peter Vlahos. It's all thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmart, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Yes, and thanks to Lisa and all the others who said they really enjoyed the chat with Mel Winnan and congratulations to all who inducted into the Hall of Fame last night. Uh, so there you go. Hope uh, you enjoyed that. And nothing like talking to the old timers. They've got so many stories to tell. i tell you what is an interesting story. Australian blind cricketer Stefan Nero has set a new world record by clubbing an unbeaten 306 runs from 140 balls at an international cricket inclusion series in Brisbane. It's the first of three ODIs against New Zealand. Nero smashed the previous record set by Pakistan's Masood Yan at the 1998 Blind Cricket World Cup, continuing a sizable winning streak for the Aussies, 306 runs from 140 balls. And I asked somebody uh, the concept of the cricket and how they play it. I've got a bowl underarm, and also there is a, uh, a bell in the ball. And the wicketkeeper, who will then, seems to have the best uh, sight, will tell the fielders where the ball is struck. So it's an interesting concept. Uh, I saw a bit of it on, uh, on video this afternoon. But well done to Stefan Nero, 306 runs. There's a lot of angry football fans. They flooded social media after this transpired this morning. England singing to an embarrassing 94-year low against Hungary in Wolverhampton. Drifted in towards Lang and smashed home with power to add by Roland Choloy. And there is a bouncing Hungarian corner of Molyneux. Here's Martin Adam, and here is Roland Shaloy, 2-0 Hungary. This for them becomes a special night indeed. For him becomes a more than special night. They are 20 minutes just more away from a victory of historic note. And set back for Nash. Oh, he has thumped that in gloriously. If it stays this way, England's heaviest home defeat since Hungary won 6-3 at Wembley. And there could be more here. Gazdag, four! For England, horror upon Hungarian horror. For Hungary, the night of their fantasies. Unbelievable result. And as soon as I saw that result, and I went back and had a look at the highlights, uh, it took me back, actually, to a colleague that I used to work with uh, many years ago who left us, uh, was Hungarian, came out uh, as a young man from Hungary uh, and was heavily involved with the Hungarian community in Sydney. Uh, the late Les Murray, or his Hungarian name, Laszlo Urk, he would have been delighted with that result, uh, being a proud Hungarian. Now, that was just something else. England losing by four goals to nil. It's their worst loss on home soil since 19. 19- 28. Commiserations to the New Zealanders. As I said, a truly nightmare day, losing in the cricket and, of course, uh, going down 1-0 to Costa Rica in this morning's World Cup qualifications. Congratulations 
to Australian super horse Nature Strip, pulverised a world-class field at Royal Ascot, proving himself again the king of the sprinters. Well done to Chris Waller and all concerned, of course, jockey James McDonald. Thanks, Bray. Thanks, Justin. What a good team you two are. Jimmy's in trouble, I reckon. Uh, this has been Drive with Peter Vlahos. All thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre.